Hello and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm your host, Ellie Krieger, and today I'm talking with AJ Jacobs, one of the funniest and most insightful people I have ever met. He is an author, journalist, and lecturer who has written four New York Times bestsellers that combine memoir, science, humor, and a dash of self-help. He describes himself as a human guinea pig because he puts himself through all kinds of experiments to get at the essence of his reporting. When I first met AJ, he was on tour for his best-selling book, The Year of Living Biblically, one man's humble quest to follow the Bible as literally as possible, where he tells of his attempt to follow the hundreds of rules in the good book. Yes, he actually threw rocks at someone he knew to be an adulterer, but he says they were small rocks, just pebbles really. When I saw that he wrote a piece for the New York Times where he attempted to go a full day without using any plastic at all, I invited him to come talk with us. His one real good thing is a small change that can make a big difference. Commit to one plastic swap out, just one. Listen. AJ Jacobs, it is so good to have you here. I adore you. Oh, well, right back at you. I am so excited to see you. and. We met at one of my favorite events. I don't know if you remember, but it was a wacky one. (laughs) Well, I remember meeting you, of course, because you really, obviously, we've stayed in touch all this time. So you you made an impression on me and a mark on me. And I remember meeting you. It was in Arizona. Right, Arizona. And it was was at a, a charity. I can't remember which charity, but it was you, me, Valerie Bertinelli. And Larry King. So that (laughs) was the lineup. (laughs) What a group. I'm telling you. That's so funny. I do remember that being a fabulous event. And I forgot, though, that it was the four of us, because that is really a great, a great, uh, a great gang to put together. (laughs) And Valerie was my like my one of my first crushes. And I imagine Larry King was one of your first crushes. Um, no, I did not. <laughs> I did not. I think it was my first crush actually was Andy Gibb. Oh, sure. Yeah, that was of that sort of era. But <laughs> anyway, I am so happy to have you here. And I have to say, your escapades, which I followed over the years, may I call them escapades? I mean, they're I like legitimately word. great journalism. <laughs> And also somehow escapades. Um, They always (laughs) reveal something super insightful about humanity. And and I love that about them, that they're funny and layered and interesting and witty and always reveal something kind of deep and important about humanity. So thank you for your... Oh, amazing work. That is lovely. I uh, I feel like I should hang up now because it can't get better than that. So thank you. <laughs> oh no, you have some. You have to give us some stuff here because oh, yeah, you I can't can. hang up. <laughs> um, so your one real good thing is to commit to one plastic swap out. Okay, and the reason why it's that because it could have been any number of things, right? But your latest immersive endeavor was a New York Times article where you went a full day without using, touching, incorporating in your life any plastic. And I saw this and I called you up right away because I knew I had to have you on to talk about it. And and I love where you went with it. 
And it's hilarious. I mean, actually, the pictures of you in the New York City subway system with a wooden folding chair because you couldn't sit on the plastic chairs. I mean, that picture is hilarious. That was a bizarre one. Yes. I mean, it was a fascinating. Before I get to that, I just want to say I love the premise of your show because a lot of times we feel overwhelmed with advice. So just having that one one change is such a great idea. But yeah, this this escapade, as you call them, came about because um, my editor at the New York Times was just talking to me about the, the tsunami of plastic, the fact that plastic is just everywhere in our lives. And we thought, well, what if we did an experiment where I spent, he wanted to have me do a week without touching plastic. And I when when I started to do a plastic audit of how much plastic there was in my life, I was like, a week is impossible. I, you know, I, the, I couldn't touch my iPhone. I couldn't touch my laptop. I couldn't. So I was like, a day is more than enough. Believe me, it is so overwhelming just doing a day. So I tried not only to, to not use plastic, but not to touch plastic, which turned out to be literally impossible. I touched plastic about 150 times, um, despite my best effort, including within the first 10 seconds. I, I got out of bed, I put my feet on the floor. And in our bedroom, we have a rug made of acrylic. I think I think most rugs are probably uh, plastic or half plastic. So I broke it within the first 10 seconds. And then it was just fascinating to see where it was hidden everywhere. And I guess the idea was also, what can we do about it? Uh, which, which types of plastic should we try to swap out and which are okay to keep? Because you can't swap out everything and you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want, you know, they're medical devices made of plastic. So it would be dangerous to swap everything out. But there are some things in our lives that we really should swap out because we create 400 million tons of plastic waste a year. I mean, not you and me, but the whole world. Yeah, 400 million tons. That's, an, I mean, it's an unfathomable number. But even in your story, you said that when you did your little audit, you estimated that you toss about 800 plastic plastic items in the garbage a year. So that's the single use plastic that you're just using and throwing away. And from what I get from your story, and when we boil it down to like, okay, we can easily get overwhelmed by this and just sort of like tune out. But what I love about your story is that you're saying, hey, let's do small stuff. Let's do small things that can make a big difference. And that's what this show is about. And so focusing in on these single-use plastics is really a part of this solution and moving in the right direction. I think so. Yes. we. I mean, half of those 400 million tons are single-use plastic. And when I said I threw out 800, I think I was being very generous with myself. I mean, I am terrible. I order in food a lot. And those, they just come uh, encased in all sorts of plastic. And that really is the problem. I, As one of the scientists I talked to said, the enemy is not plastic. The enemy is single-use culture. So it doesn't even have to be plastic. It'd be anything you toss away after after one use. And uh, and there are sort of low-hanging fruit, easy things you can do in your life to swap out plastic. And and I am following your uh, your brilliant template for change, where I, I'm just starting with one thing, which is um, 
And it doesn't have to be this one, but yeah, I always tried to bring a cloth bag to the grocery, but then I would get to the grocery and I would use like 10 uh, little plastic bags for the produce. So I wasn't really helping anyone. It was a net loss. So yeah, there are all these places that sell relatively cheap cloth bags, or you can bring paper bag, whatever. Um, but yeah, trying to to anticipate the fact that you don't need to put produce, you don't need to put your apples and tomatoes in those little plastic bags they provide, you can bring your own. I love that one. And actually, I was thinking about that too. Like, what would my one thing I would like to leave here today myself with one thing I'm going to commit to. And that was mine, actually. Oh, um, sorry that, to see No, we can both have, we can all have it. Hey, let's have everyone who's listening <laughs> embrace that one. But what, I, what I'm going to do is more reuse. So like, I'll take, you know, one bell pepper and put it in a plastic bag. Then I have, I can collect them and bring them back to the store with me and use them multiple, multiple times. So I, so I feel like that's going to be my commitment is what I'm going to do more of. So I I don't really, I think the plastic actually helps, you know, keep the food fresh in some way, that particular, that particular type of plastic, as opposed to paper, which I use for different types of produce. I like, I'll put, depends on the humidity control that you want for whatever you're storing. But sometimes plastic is really helpful, as you say. But this whole notion that you can reuse multiple times, there's no reason why I can't use that bag 10 or more times. Absolutely. So I, I promise that that's mine. And that's we're, we'll one. share some more ideas with people as we get, get on. One but I did... Can I throw in a caveat? Before yes. That? Don't do that with um, water bottles, like, you know, a Dasani water bottle, because those, uh, according to my research, at least, uh, start to leach chemicals when you use them over and over again. So uh, that is one of the things that I do also. As you can see, I got a little steel uh, steel water container. uh, And and that actually saves money. Some of this stuff costs money to go no plastic, but this one saves money because, you know, you can refill it and you don't have to buy a new water bottle. All right. I I just throw that out there. No, I like that one. And that's really important. And I think I see more. I think this is a change that most people are making. I see people walking around with either stainless steel or even if they're plastic, they're using them multiple times. Right. Um, and they're, you know, they're bringing their water bottle. Even in the airport now, I love that they even have water bottle refillers. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, things that. like that. And I think this, that comes to a couple of points here. One, I do want to talk about why it's bad plastic. I mean, and we might take for granted that people understand that, but I'd love to talk about it a little bit. And in the in the story, you say that according to a study by the Pew Charitable Trust, more than 11 million metric tons of plastic enter oceans each year, leaching into the water, disrupting the food chain, and choking marine life. So first of all, on this show, on this podcast, I talk about our health, our well-being. So why am I going and talking about the well-being of the earth? Well, in case it's not totally obvious, we basically don't have human health if we don't have global health, if we don't have world health, if our if our earth is not healthy. We really, this is where it starts, right? We need to Absolutely. keep our environment healthy, or we don't have clean water and we don't have healthy food. So we need to do what we can in that, not only as individuals, but as a system, as we create systems. Um, 
And then also certain plastic additives, you note, um, such as BPA and phthalates um, can disrupt endocrine systems. So that's when you talk about plastics leaching into the water from bottles that are reused multiple times, perhaps, or from plastic wrapped foods, certain plastic wrapped foods, or heating certain plastics in the microwave um, which yes. are not microwave safe. So those types of things you want to avoid for your own personal health, but also really considering the global health because we don't have a healthy earth. We basically got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There's so much in what you said that I want to dig into, but let me just start with two things. First, uh, I love what you say about it's got, the system has to change because it, it should not, that was one of my big uh, concerns about the article is I didn't want to come off like it's all on us. It's all on consumers to save the world because it's not. We can't. We could uh, do everything, and it would still be a problem. So we need policy changes. We need government and corporate policy changes, and we need corporate based. Um, I mean, market based solutions like new innovations like bioplastics that are are uh, better in some ways. Not all of them, but some of them are better for the environment. All right, and then then the other point you had brought up is, you know, what, what's wrong with plastics? And uh, well, first of all, as I say, we don't want to get rid of all plastics, as I tried to do, and it was clearly an insane, uh, it, you know, uh, it, it was not a good way to live. I don't recommend it. Wait, wait, I, wait. I have to go back when you're laughing to yourself because you were sleeping on the floor. Even you couldn't right. even sleep in your own bed mattresses have plastic and i had um you know my pillows not not all pillows have plastic but uh but uh i couldn't it, just running an errand think of it that way i tried to pay with a credit card though that's out i couldn't pay with my apple pay because my iphone contains plastic parts and i couldn't pay with cash because cash has little strands of plastic in it like the dollar bills and 20 dollar bills uh, so it's it's so you can't counterfeit it. Uh, so I had to carry around a big sack of coins wherever. <laughs> so I felt like I was I don't know like Robin Hood, like carrying a big sack of coin. And it, you know, this is not the way to live. So we we shouldn't try to get rid of all plastic. And as I say, some plastic is good. Uh, the wind turbines and solar panels, they're they couldn't be made without plastic. There is um, you know medical parts, of course. So it's just getting rid of the bad plastic, uh, especially the single use. And the reason why that kind of plastic is bad is an, uh, there are several uh, buckets of badness, buckets of reprehensibility. Is that what it was that Hillary said? Um, <laughs> uh, it was, I mean, first of all, it is bad for the for the I ocean. think she was said deplorable, reprehensible. Deplorable, that's oh, right, the right. yes. There are several <laughs> deplorable buckets of plastic. Uh, and one is that, yeah, it actually pollutes the ocean, which um, messes with the salinity and all sorts of things. So it's really bad uh, on a, a macro level, but it's also bad for, for the poor animals in the ocean. Uh, it's bad in terms of producing a lot of it as a very carcinogenic um, it's bad because it it doesn't go away. Uh, it is like a forever, which is one of the things that's great about it, but in some ways, but it's also terrible in others. So only nine or ten percent of all plastic is recycled. So recycling, we're not going to recycle our way out of this. 
a lot of it can't be recycled. And it's just also hard to get people to recycle. So a lot of it is 14% of it is burned, which is terrible for the atmosphere. And then there's the more um, the health of the users. So there is, uh, as you mentioned, there are chemicals that are added to plastic to sometimes to make them clear, sometimes to make them flexible. And a lot of these chemicals have turned out to have really problematic uh, uh, consequences. Like you said, endocrine, uh, endocrine uh, disruptors, so, which means, and, and we don't know fully the extent of it. And I certainly don't know because I'm not a scientist. So, you know, whatever I say, you know, you might want to double check with, uh, with, you know, people like you, you can, you will tell us actually, you can tell us better because you're more of a scientist, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it has been shown uh, to cause certain types of cancers. It's been shown to, uh, I think we have, there's, there's um, a hypothesis that it's, it's really messing with, it's why girls are getting their periods so early. Um, it possibly is linked to low fertility. Again, you know, double check these, but but regardless, it's got some bad health effects that all scientists agree with, except for the ones paid by the plastics industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so the bottom line is really taking steps to, as your one real good thing, is to really commit to one, just commit to one plastic swap out. I mean, so you don't have to definitely be alarmed by this on some level, but also don't get buried in that. Like just say, okay, what can I do right now? And that's the point of this whole thing. And yeah. I think that was really the conclusion in some way of your of your article too. And and so I we both now here are publicly pledging to use fewer um bags for produce, plastic for produce. I'm also pledging to like wash my own vegetable uh, lettuce more instead of buying the plastic box of lettuce. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Oh, so I that kind of that. thing. Mm, you're making I might push you. Crazy. I might push you to cook more, AJ, too, instead you know of what? ordering in all the time and using all those right. plastic containers. I know. I got to be more like you. You <laughs> are a, an inspiration. You're absolutely right. I mean, there's so many reasons why cooking is better, right? But one of them is plastic. Yeah. Um, and so some others that I thought were interesting, you had started using... Um, a bar of shampoo. So there are some interesting products out there. So maybe you want to explore something, folks want to explore something like that, like using products like a bar of shampoo. Yeah. I love that bar. I'm, I was surprised. I had never heard of it. A lot of my friends are all, oh yeah, the bar. but it's it's just like a bar of soap uh, and it's wrapped in, in sort of paper cardboard instead of plastic. And um and you can get them at Trader Joe's. Like they have some, we I don't know, peppermint and citrus. I don't know what it is, but they have some wacky flavor uh, at that's actually very lovely. And and the bonus is, at least according to uh, shampoo bar advocates, it's cheaper. It's cheaper because uh, you know it's it it lasts. I think a, a couple hundred uh, showers. And uh, and because it's not packaged, they don't have to spend the money to, um, you know, to ship this heavy thing in plastic. Uh, it is uh, it is cheaper. So 
that is that's a good one too. That's sort of my after the uh, the plastic uh, for the grocery for the produce shampoo bars. That's my next big uh, hurdle to to uh, bet. Not a hurdle. I don't want to say it is negative. That's my next big uh, habit to change. Yeah, that's a really good one. It seems really doable that, um, and it, it makes a lot of sense. Like why ship liquid in a heavy bottle that you're just going to throw away? I mean, it just, it just yeah. makes sense what you're saying. So I would love to see more products like that actually. And I think if consumers start to talk about it more and consumers start to be aware of it, that sort of sparks industry as well. So it's a give and take there. Yeah. I mean, I think these toothpaste, they have these toothpaste capsules, uh, and honestly, I think I'm too lazy to do them. Uh, I should do them because basically they're like little pills. They're like the size of an aspirin and you pop it in and it's flavored. This one was charcoal and mint. Interesting. Uh, I'd be interested in your as a, a food uh, expert. How do you think charcoal and mint go together? But it wasn't bad. <laughs> um, and uh, and it certainly saves the something like 300 million uh, toothpaste tubes are thrown out every year. So it's, uh, you know, it is a better way to go. And if I were a better person, I would do it. Um, but I love this. One of the aspects I explored uh, for the article was that there is sort of a high end plastic free movement that's a little too fancy schmancy for my tastes. It's a little like goopy, a little. In fact, there's something called the package-free store in, I guess it's Soho, and it is right next to NoHo. It's in NoHo, right next to Goop. So it is, and it definitely has a Goop vibe, and you can buy these, you know, uh, I bought a razor there for $84 that's plastic-free. Uh, Luckily, you know, the New York Times was paying. Um, they have the first, at, at least they advertise it, the first biodegradable vibrator. So you can buy that at the package-free store. Apparently, there was only one left. They were very popular. So, uh, yeah, this, I think that that is, um, that makes it too elitist. That makes it too hard to change to plastic. I guess it's okay if you can afford it and there's a market for it. I guess there are worse things, but I do think like we were talking about earlier, it's got to be easier to switch from plastic than going to this fancy store and buying a $12 Q-tip, which literally they sold the $12 Q-tip. And their argument is it's the forever Q-tip. Like you don't need to buy another Q-tip because it is, you can keep using it, but it was, uh, you know, it just, it smacks me as just too, um, a little too uh, fancy for really dealing with the problem, which we right. have, you know, billions of people work on it. Not and it, and it really winds up alienating people like with going a little too far in that. Well, that um, exactly. I'm not, I don't want to interrupt, but, but that is, I think paper straws have done damage to, because people get so angry about paper straws and they're like, it's like getting a mouthful of sawdust and it disintegrates. And it's like, yeah, that's true. I, you know, uh, so don't make a product that is significantly worse than the plastic product. Like, you know, we have to come up with creative ideas of how to, to fix this, but don't make it so that it'll just turn people off. Yeah. Like I was, it was a rainy day, like 
you know, when the rain is just like blowing sideways and you're in New York City and you're walking and you get something from a store and literally they gave me a paper bag to carry it in. And I was like, this is just going to basically disintegrate in five minutes. (laughs) But luckily it fit into my backpack, my canvas backpack. So that worked out fine. But I think things like that, we just have to really change the way we're thinking. And sometimes maybe a plastic bag is appropriate, but maybe bring a canvas bag or have a canvas backpack with you or whatever it is. So I think just thinking it through, being realistic, we don't have to be elitist about it. We don't have to spend $85 on a razor, Um, (laughs) but maybe using simply even just not even using disposable razors could be somebody's thing out there who's listening just to use a razor where you're using, you know, you're just changing the blade. I mean, that seems like a pretty reasonable thing to do. Yeah. I mean, I do that anyway. So now I feel all superior. So thank you. (laughs) You're amazing. (laughs) No. So, um, so, so just to re reiterate some of these ideas, you know, switch from disposable razors to not disposable razors, change out your, from regular plastic water bottles to carrying a stainless steel or or you know a reusable bottle that is officially reusable and washable um ours is to use fewer produce bags and i'm personally going to wash more lettuce and buy less lettuce that comes already in a plastic box (laughs) that's a good one i'm gonna try that too and then uh yeah like dental dental floss uh you know, they have these sort of dental floss uh, plastic devices that you throw away after one use. That's that's not a great idea. I mean, it's convenient. That's the trade-off. But, you know, take the extra two seconds is what I would request. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you can also go online and just, you know, look for life hacks, you know, plastic. There's, there's tons of websites. And as you say, as the point of this show, don't try to do them all or certainly not all at once. That's what one of the behavior scientists I talked to said is start with one habit, start with one habit, like your show says, get that down, make it part of your life so it's natural and you don't think about it, then move on to the next one. And you know, over a year, you can build up a whole bunch of habits but don't do them all at once uh, because you will become overwhelmed. And, you know, it's almost comical, which is sort of the point of my article, like trying to do it all at once was a terrible idea. <laughs> well, it was a good idea for us anyway, because it was really <laughs> funny seeing you on a folding chair in the subway, really funny seeing you sleeping on your floor and and all of the other things that you did for the article. So thank you for for volunteering yourself in this guinea pig role for us. And wow. it's so enlightening. And, and thank you for your, your ideas here and for being on the show. And I really hope that everyone commits to one plastic swap out, just one. You can do it after hearing this and it could really make a difference. Well, thank you, Ellie. It's a delight. And this was just as much fun, even though Valerie Bertinelli and Larry King were not with us. It was still uh, a tremendously good time. So thank you for having me. Thank you. We'll have to invite them next time. How's that? Yeah, we'll have Larry, a reunion. Larry, I think, is not around anymore. Oh, but, um, that's true. Oh, but Valerie sorry. is. I love Yes. <laughs> you, me, and Valerie. All right. It's a deal. <laughs> okay. Well, AJ, thank you. Take care. And um, I'll have a link to your website on my on my website. But if you just let us know what that is, um, is it ajjacobs.com? 
Yeah, exactly. I figure why not make it easy. Awesome. AJJacobs.com. You want to check him out. He has so much fun work and, and always enlightening. Thank you. Thank you, Ellie. Thanks for listening. I hope this conversation got you thinking about the one plastic swap out you can commit to. It's a simple thing to do that could make a big difference. Join me next time for another one real good thing.